Welcome, everybody. I'm not John. It's Josh, and welcome to Combing the Stacks, the podcast where we talk about albums, six decades, journey, and we are on the 80s, our third decade. And Matt and I are doing a bonus episode this week because John has previous commitments that he could not get out of. So we're covering two albums this week. How are you doing, Matt? I am doing well. Uh, I'm kind of full. I just ate a big a falafel quinoa bowl, and, a, and I think I ate it too fast. So is this self-made? Falafel no, bowl? Oh, no. Okay. We ordered we ordered out tonight, and it was very good. But um, yeah, I'm 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 just feeling it right now. So too, too much quinoa. <laughs> too much. Too much I think it was the fa- I think it was the falafel more so than anything. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm here tonight. We're good. Um, yeah, John. Uh, John let us know two days ago that. He had some sort of work dinner that his boss is making him go to. Um, yeah, I hope that's some... not like code for like some sort of weird affair or something. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 look at like what is it that what's that theory? It was like whatever the easiest, you know, the most the simplest uh, answer is usually the correct one. So it's yes, probably Occam's a, razor. It, yes, there you go. That is it's it's John is having an affair is what we're saying, <laughs> right? So yes, that... <laughs> yeah, over dinner. Yeah. Well, yeah. he can't be having an affair because he's not in a relationship. So, I guess. It, we don't know that. He keeps he he keeps things pretty close to the vest. So that is I would true. surprise me. He's been in a relationship this whole time. Maybe he's and juggling multiple people for all. That's we not exactly. There you go. That's like uh, in different towns, different homes. Right. He's got doing yes. Podcast. That's right. That's only, we we know so little about him. I we guess. we really <laughs> have no idea who he is at all. I think he's a mystery. Yeah, he's just a random guy that that emailed me. I didn't even know. I mean, he, he just emailed me and Josh and and want to do a podcast. Yeah, sure, I'm bored. It's COVID. Why not? And we just took off from there. Yeah, I thought it was a phishing email, but it's not. <laughs> it's a different type of phishing, I guess. Yeah. So, so uh, what albums do we have on tap tonight? Yeah, well, we 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 figured out we needed to get a couple. Let's do two albums. Two days, two albums. Yeah. And uh, we went through. We wanted to keep it in the '86, '87 era. And um, yep. I think we wanted to try to do something, do new bands, even though we were, we considered some bands that we'd like the replacements. I think was a possibility, which which would have been fun. But we did. We wanted to do some new bands. So Josh, Josh, you got to pick them this time. I was just like, just go. And uh, so we're going to be covering Anthrax um, with their album Among the Living, mm-hmm. and then we're going to cover a band called The Sisters of Mercy with Floodland. Both of these albums are from 1987. Um, and I guess we had talked about Anthrax before as kind of maybe during one of the Metallica episodes, um, yes, or Slayer, are, was it? Was it? They are considered the big four of the metal acts. And we talked about Metallica yeah. and Slayer as two of those four. And then Anthrax and Megadeth are the other two. And I so, think not just metal, I would say th- thrash, uh, thrash metal. metal, thrash metal, yeah. probably more specifically. Yep. Yeah. And I think we talked about the fact that I think it was Anthrax and Slayer and maybe Metallica. They were on a tour once or something in in the 80s, and it was supposed to be this crazy. I don't know if it was Metallica or Megadeth. It was one of the two. But but anyway, I know we talked about the tour. And uh, so, yeah, we hadn't planned on covering Anthrax, and we figured we would. Um, Yes. Yep. Precisely what you said earlier. I picked two albums of bands that we hadn't discussed, so we fleshed that out more, and then... Um, 
and and genres somewhat i wanted to to mm. branch out there a little bit as well i also okay. like the sisters of mercy gotta... cover so i picked it due to that yeah that's kind of a cool cover well and also we got a text earlier from john I, I don't think john approved of the records that we chose this week josh you made some kind of comment about it well, might not gain a lot of traction or something I don't care. He he's not here. <laughs> he isn't here. If he was here, he could have had some say in what we listened to. But you know what? He had to go eat dinner right. with his boss. Yeah. And and boss. listen to the, <laughs> yeah your 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 air quote boss. So um, I'm uh, sure he actually actually I think he probably liked these albums. If he's just trying for metrics, then who knows? Probably yeah. not the best two albums. Well, but I mean, at this point, what albums? Who knows? I'm going to get his feedback know. next week. That's I the think, bottom line. I think one of the crazy things is, is when he tells us about like the, 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 the YouTube what, uh, listens that we get, there's some, there's some surprising ones that are like, wow, this one got like a ton of listens. And it's not like, yeah, you know, it wasn't like, um, I don't know, Born to Run or something like that or, or Purple Rain. It's like some obscure right. record that like we had never heard of, you know, like. I don't even know. I don't, John keeps track of the numbers, but who knows? Maybe this will blow up. Maybe this will. This one right. This segment right here is going to be our most listened to segment ever. <laughs> right. That's my prediction. Yeah, and I feel like we, uh, you know, we can't cover everything, but I do feel like we do a good job of getting a representative sample of the decade. I think so. so. Yeah. No, for sure. So. Well, there it's you go. also well, so, guided by our interests, and I'm interested in listening to these two albums. Damn straight. There you go. That's it's 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 mostly about us. I mean, yeah. to be honest, but Ultimately. but yeah. So this will be a short version. We've been cracking. We've been coming up to the three hour mark. You're not going to get that this time around. Nope. Uh, if you do, and, something's seriously wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. That would that would be something. So, um, so yeah. Um, I think we're going to kick it off with Anthrax. Do you have anything else you want to add to, to the beginning? Nope. Let me just no. run the numbers. Stats sound good. Yep. Stats. Let's run some numbers here. So Anthrax, first time we're covering them. This is Among the Living. Comes in at number 297 in Best Ever Albums in the 1980s. Number 37 in 1987. Number 1,905 of all time. It is Anthrax's, Anthrax's highest rated album on Best Ever Albums. Um, I didn't check Rolling Stone. I am pretty sure this did not make Rolling Stone's list, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Um, and uh, they are ranked number 907 of overall artist rankings on Best Ever Albums. So, um, Josh, do you want to go first on this, or do you want to? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I will go first. It, okay. You are correct. It's not on the Rolling Stone list. I did do a little reading just so we have some oh. uh, fast you know, fat, what I call fast facts. So I'm going to go ahead and give, give those to <laughs> okay. you now. This is their third album. It was released March 16th, 1987. Anthrax is from New York City in contrast to the other two um, metal thrash metal bands we talked about, which are from California. Um, we have Charlie Benante on drums, Scott Ian on rhythm guitar, Dan Spitz on guitar, uh, Joey Belladonna on vocals, and Frank Bello on bass. This album is dedicated to Cliff Burton of Metallica um, after he died on their tour um, with them. Wow. So, like you like you alluded to, uh, Anthrax was the opener for Metallica on that okay. tour uh, was um, Metallica. in okay. Europe, and and so they were there, you know, when he when Cliff Burton died, and um, this was their breakthrough album, uh, which catapulted them to basically arena and stadium status with fans, and. The other interesting thing I found was that Eddie Kramer was the producer and engineer on this album, and the band wanted to work with him because he worked on Jimi Hendrix and Zeppelin and 
um, Kiss albums, uh, specifically Kiss Alive, which I guess members of the band liked a lot when they were younger. So and we, they were, we they covered were kind of, Kiss, Kiss Alive, didn't we? Was that the Kiss album that we did? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, you're right. We did. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember what episode that is on. I'll look at it. Sometime. It was in the 70s. <laughs> it was. Season yes. two. Yes. And that was a good representative sample of, of Kiss, too, because it covered yeah. all their hits. But um, so, yeah, it's uh, this was a, I, I'm glad we listened to this album because I feel like it definitely is different from the other two th- metal albums that we listened to in some key ways. I think it combines some interesting elements of not just metal, but also I feel like there's a a punk spirit and a hardcore um, spirit or nature to some of the sounds on this album, as well as the lyrics. Uh, It's not as, it's definitely not as hard or as, uh, you know, threatening as Slayer is, (laughs) but it's also not as, um, in my mind, kind of melodic or musically virtuosic as, as Metallica is. It's kind of got this, it's like this intersection of different areas. And the main thing that I think sets it apart is their lead singer, Joey Belladonna. He's got a very like 80s high pitched vocal range, kind of in, uh, you know, a la like Steve Perry on Journey or um, some, or like Foreigner, maybe like those kind of 80s, um, those types of 80s pop arena rock bands so i think that that sets them apart so you have this uh, voice contrasted with some like really heavy guitar and and almost some punk uh kind of punk lyrics and uh and themes on the album as well so it's this interesting intersection of of things um the I definitely caught some themes. I know we were giving you a hard time about uh, lyrics, but did you catch any of the um, uh, references or maybe something that they talked about on the album based yeah. on the titles? Um, I'm Indians is about Indians. That's correct. Native uh, Americans. Native yes. American Indians. Not right. Not not the, not the country India. Um, yep. Yeah, I have to say, no, not really. I will say this, though. I was getting prepared for the regular episode we were supposed to do with the Smiths and 10,000 Maniacs. Oh, right, right. Um, and I was, and Depeche Mode, and I was doing, I was making a concerted effort to try to listen to those. Or, oh, great. And, and, uh, but yeah, with the 48-hour notice and um, <laughs> yeah. the fact that I didn't really listen to these records as intently as I normally do, no, I didn't really listen. I didn't really pick apart the lyrics there Josh yep. so that's what I have you here for that's what you're gonna provide I well hope. good I want I wanted to give you the opportunity I wrote down I some things that. I appreciate yeah. you having faith in me but yeah no <laughs> yeah the, um, the other thing that kind of sets this band apart I think from the other metal albums is that they incorporate pop culture references into their albums so you have social consciousness or social issues represented on some songs like you said Indians and One World um, but then they also have uh, references to Stephen King um, books and and references because they're big Stephen King fans. Um, so, uh, among the living and skeleton in the closet are both direct references to the stand and um, short story apt pupil um, in one of the Stephen King collections. Um, and then you also have Ju- Judge Dredd, which is a comic book character, and that's um, from his catchphrase "I am the law," which is also the song title of that song. So, um, I think that's a big thing. You know, Metallica talked about they were kind of inward looking somewhat and or a lot and you know referencing states of being emotions things like that 
this band is kind of more outward facing, I would say, um, looking at the world. And then Slayer is just kind of referencing the darkest aspects of humanity. So I think that's a, another way that they're different. The um, So that's really uh, most of what I have. What did you think of this album? Yeah, first I would have to say I, I, I kind of agree with your assessment. I mean, my, my take on listening to this the couple of times I did was it is kind of a hodgepodge of you know, some of the music that we've covered already, some of the metal, you know, and it's it. And I did, I was, I was thinking, okay, this is basically hardcore thrash metal and kind of Nuwaba, like yeah. a, a la, you know, Iron Maiden slash uh, Judas Priest. You yes. put those three in a blender punk. Yeah. And I guess punk too, right? That's where the hardcore, I was thinking not just punk, but more of the hardcore, you know, genre. And so you put those three in into a blender and this is what you get, you know? Yep. And, um, so I def, I def, that definitely stood out for me. And I kind of, and I think as a result, I generally liked it. Um, you know, there, and it's funny cause I've anthrax is a band that I remember I, I've always known about, but I don't really know many anthrax songs. I think they did a song with public enemy. That's their big, um, their big hit. Yeah. Kind of what do you remember the what the cross, name of that is? The crossover like like Run DMC did with with um Aerosmith. Right. Only nowhere near as popular because it just Correct. wasn't like the, the commercial appeal wasn't quite as there. But um I don't remember the name of that song, but uh I don't know, maybe I can look that up real quick. I'm sure I'm sure it's the not listeners bring the do. noise. Bring the noise, there you go. Yeah. Right. So um and and for some reason Scott Ian, the guitar player, is the only member that I could obviously recognize because he's got that you know, he's bald and he's got that really long no, it's not yeah, even a goatee. goatee. It's, just, it's, it's not even a. It's not even. It's just the. It's just the bottom part of the goatee. It's just the beard part. Yeah, he is um, kind of like the spokesman for the band. I feel like, correct, even though he's not the lead singer. Right, and so yeah, which is kind of odd, right? And mm-hmm. and then I can't I can't even recognize or name any of the other band members. So it's kind of one of those weird yeah. things. Um, and I also think they have one of the best names. Like that's such a great. That's what a great name for a yeah. metal band, Anthrax. It's just it's 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 perfect for them. So, um, so generally speaking, I liked it. I think there's some really good riffs in here, and I definitely liked. I I like the the style of the vocalization. I wasn't getting necessarily the Steve Perry kind of foreigner thing with the vocalist. I mean, he's he's hitting high notes, but it's it's definitely more of a of a metal. That's where more of the Noaba came from. So I was getting more of the. Yeah of a Dio slash um, Bruce Dickinson kind of, you know, whale that he would do in certain parts, which I liked. Um, Although I don't I, think his voice is as strong as those two. No, no, he's, he's doing similar things, but yeah, I don't, yeah, D, I don't, I don't think anybody's voice is as strong D, as Dio's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. His voice is crazy good, but, uh, but I still like, but I like this better than the, um, like the Slayer vocals, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, so, so yeah, I, I think I liked it. I, you know, part of, one of my main takeaways from listening to this was is like I feel like when I listen to records like this, these these this type of this type of metal in particular, like the faster, it, it uh you know more thrash metal, I, even the less melodic, even though this is more melodic than Slayer, for example. There's some there's plenty of good melodic parts in here and great riffs, mm-hmm. but um but there's some also some harsher stuff that's not as not as melodic, so you're getting a little bit of everything. But um, I, I kind of feel like when I listen to metal, just in general, I feel kind of like an outsider looking in, you know, I feel like mm. I'm experiencing something that is, you know, that I will never fully get or fully appreciate or fully understand because it's just not, it, it you know, I, I, I guess I equate, you know, people that really get into this music there, there, I think there's gotta be some sort of, I don't know if you have an anger issue, but you have some sort of like this energy that, that, 
this that needs to come out in some way, shape, or form, and mm -hmm. this certainly can bring that out. Particularly if you go to like a live show or whatever, and there's you know there's actually there's a song on here about I think it's called something about moshing, right? Yeah. And so like you go to a show like this, and this is the the aggression comes out and the the, the running into people and like banging your head and, and <laughs> yeah. doing all this stuff to and 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 I would never do that. First of all, I'd, I'd get killed because I I don't I'm not that big of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't weigh a whole lot, so I should not be in a in, in a mosh pit at all. Yeah, but um, but I I just feel like you know that 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 type of energy has never been a part of who I am really, and so um, and so while I can appreciate various aspects of this and and the musicianship and the energy and and I and I can get amped you know with it sometimes, it's just it it does feel like I feel like a little bit of a I'm, I'm out of uh, I'm in a I'm in a different country or something or I'm experiencing a different mm -hmm. culture that I appreciate but will never fully be a part of you know. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly not metal is not the only, I think probably ska is another, is a similar thing to that for me, you know, and really, you know, just, and maybe that's what John said is meaning when he talks about not connecting with things emotionally. Um, right. Even though I think sometimes I can, like I, you know, I can, I, if I, if I wanted to get excited about something for before a run or like working out, like there's, you know, certainly more energetic and more, um, aggressive type music would be good for that but but generally speaking uh i'm not doing those things and i'm just listening to music and it's not really connecting with me as much so i think as much as i can appreciate this i do i, I still think metallica probably so far of all the metal that we've covered um has, has been my favorite and the most consistent and i and and probably i think a close second to that would be iron maiden um yeah and and, and maybe dio but like i think what i liked about metallica is just how they how they just varied so many things up they did they had a little bit more of a prog element which to me is more interesting they had more of a an acoustic element you know they, they they'd weave the, the the songs would kind of have movements and i i really like that i think i kind of like my metal when it when it kind of goes in those different directions and i know that that's not typically what a lot of metal is um but yeah. i think that that kind of scratches an itch for me that uh that i can gravitate towards but as far as this record goes i i i, I like this i think i like this more than i thought i was going to um i thought that there was more melodic riffs in it um i i did like the i did like his uh, vocal style um and even when they did kind of the more hardcore or um really like slayer like slash uh, thrash type metal mm -hmm. um you know it's not like it's not like they leaned into it so much that i was that, that I kind of pulled back from even more, but they would do it a little bit and they would bring it back to a different part of, of the song that was more melodic and that I could get down to. So, um, but you know, I, I still am amazed that guys can play this fast or like when the guy, the drummer kicks in with a double bass drum, the kick drum thing, which is just, yep. There's definitely I, a double bass. I don't know how they do it. It's just like, I am amazed. I think it's hard enough just to keep regular rhythm with a, with right. a normal drum beat, but let alone do what, they, what these guys are doing. So props to them. I think probably uh, maybe a slight thumbs up here, um, mm -hmm. just trending a little bit towards the middle. But, um, uh, but you know, I don't know if I would go back to it a whole lot. But it's, for the last two days, it's, yeah, it's been, it was pretty good. So do you, uh, so the, the, I guess the other thing I would say is there's no kind of clear delineation between when we when we're talking about the hardcore influences. It's kind of all mixed in together in yeah. each song. There's not they're not like doing different versions in each yeah. you know track. So just to clear that clear. Yeah, that it's not like oh this talking. is the hardcore track and this yeah. is the thrash track and this is the noir. It really is kind of incorporated. That's the, it is. It's all yeah. in a blender kind yeah. of. And yeah, and they are you know as fast as they go, they still are. Um, easier to understand lyrically when listening to the music in my in my opinion than something yeah. like slayer um 
Yeah, I would I would much rather listen to this, I think, than Slayer. Slayer's yeah. Slayer's definitely I'm in foreign land, you know. Yeah. Um and, and I remember actually I was brought back because I remember talking about them. You asked me if my biggest issue was the was the speed, and I think I said yes, but it's not just the speed, I think. It's also like and I think John talked about it as well. They're not it's not as melodic. And so if you're if you're just gonna do fast, like aggressive music that doesn't have a lot of melody to it or any melody really it's that's a tough sell for me um yeah you know you said earlier that you feel like you're kind of an outsider to this do you see do you feel like this music kind of uh like fosters something or ignites something in in certain people that is already there versus kind of creating that sort of feeling possibly you know um and that's the thing i mean i i I think you can, I think it can be generated in you. Like, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like, like I haven't done competitive sports in a while, but like, I remember when I was on the swim team in high school, right. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and we were getting ready for a meet, you know, I wanted to listen to like Metallica and Guns N' Roses. I, I, we didn't really listen to Slayer or anything like that, right. you know, but, but that, but I definitely understand and appreciate like the, the need to, you know, when your adrenaline is going for whatever reason and you need to kind of like, you know, um, harness that or just like, you know, um, yeah, to to lean into it or to 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 uh, to get something out of that, like this music's going to help bring that out, right? And right. it's going to help you get more, you know, ex amped for whatever it is that you're doing. Um, I don't find myself in those situations very much anymore, so uh, right. so there's not as much of a need for that type of like I need to, I need to pump myself up for this thing that's going to happen. You know, my life is pretty pretty so low you, key these days. You don't um, do you, you don't get amped listening to it just like when you're listening to it. I can. Okay. Um, but it's not like all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, I was listening to this album at work. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some, you know, you know, and, and again, you know, maybe a time and a place and maybe that's sure. it, you know, we're kind of, we're doing this podcast and especially this week, you know, with this episode where we're, you know, trying to cover two albums in two days. Um, and for me, I like to spend more time with records than that, but like, but yeah, we're, we're kind of, we are kind of manufacturing the element, the, the, the environment in which we're listening to this. And, um, I don't have as much free time as I used to. So I have to, I have to listen to it when I can. Yeah. So I can't like be in the moment, like, be okay, this, this album's going to be something that's going to be, you know, this aggressive type of thing. So I want to listen to this when I, when I go for a run or when I work out, sure. right. Or, um, or this one's going to be a chill like album. I need to, I want to listen to this at night. Like, let me just put myself in this environment, turn the lights down and just experience. I don't really, I walk the dog and I listen to the music, you know, I, I'm at <laughs> sure. work and I listen, I'm, I have the music on when I'm washing dishes. So I think that, I think that that definitely can, can take some records for me, some sounds for me and, um, and, 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 and make it less, uh, um, impactful because I'm just, I'm not putting myself in the environment in mm -hmm. which I could maximize the enjoyment or the, the experience from that record. So I, I think that, and it's not just with this record, it's with plenty of other records as well. Yeah. That, you know, given a different circumstance, I might feel this more, um, in one way, shape or form, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I was just poking a little bit because I don't feel like I, I never feel like an outsider listening to music just due to the fact that we're listening to the music and that we're like doing kind of doing the work and whether or not I have an emotional reaction to it doesn't really take away mm. from my, you know, uh, feeling that it belongs to me or doesn't belong to me or something like that. So that's why I was asking. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say two things. I'll, I'll, first of all, I think, I think what I do like about doing the podcast is that 
ordinarily if I would have just heard the beginning of like the Slayer record, for example, or Steely Dan, it doesn't have yeah. to be metal. It can be Steely, you know, like I'd listen to like the first couple of bars or first couple of songs of a, a of an album and be like, okay, I, I don't want to listen. And I would just turn it off. I'd be like, nope. Like I would just, you know, this is forcing me to like, no, I have to listen to this more. And I like that. Right. I like yeah. being, you know, because that's, I, I feel like I am understanding things better and gaining a, a, a better, a bigger appreciation for it. But by the same token, like if I'm listening to like this record, for example, like part of the image in my head is just like thinking about all these people at like a, at like a show going nuts and just like or the metal <laughs> yeah. guys with the tattoos and this stuff and like the image and all that stuff. And I just, and part of me can't, can't help but think that's totally, that's not me. Right. And right. this music, even though I can enjoy elements of it, this music is not for a guy like me. Right. Yeah. It's just it's it's not going to there's other there's other bands that are more for me and the metal guys would probably that's not for them. Right. And that's mm. so I guess that that's what I'm saying is just, you know, uh, you know, it, it obviously you can listen to whatever you want. And, and, if, and, and you, you know, but like, yeah, if there's some there's there is a little bit of a foreign element sometimes with some of this music. It's going to hit me when we get into like you know, like a lot of hip hop, even though I like, I probably like hip hop more than some of the metal stuff that yeah. we're doing, but there's still an outside element of that for me, hmm. you know? Um, and, but that doesn't mean I can't try to explore it a little bit more. It's like same thing sure. travel. Like I want to go to a different country and explore a different culture and learn about it, but I don't necessarily want to be in that culture. Right. If that makes sense. How much metal do you think you'd have to listen to before you, could you ever be, think yourself part of the as a metal guy, <laughs> yeah. probably not. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm four. I'm going to be 45 in a couple months. I think I'm starting to get set in my ways a little bit more. You know, I, I, I still can listen to it. You know, like yeah. I'll still listen to Metallica. I'll still listen to you know Black and Sabbath. And you've seen them live too, right? Didn't sure, yeah. yeah. And I'll yeah. and I'll listen to you know Iron Maiden. There's certainly a place for it, right? Like, but to be like a real metal guy, no, I don't think that yeah. will, you know, <laughs> right. I don't think that'll happen. I, I just can't characterize myself as that, you know? And I think that's one of the interesting things about music is that, you know, it's, it's not just the music, it's also a culture, you know, and so sure. people okay. really kind of play yeah. the part, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily associate the culture aspect with my, with my listening. I mean, I think sometimes it's enough for me to know the album, say, say I've heard it, and be able to pick it up if it's like played somewhere else. I can't tell you how many songs, you know, I have now heard otherwhere and outside, you know, on TV or movies or something that we've talked about on the podcast. Yeah. And not knowing, now knowing them because we listen to them. That is like a big, a big plus for me in my book. Yeah. I, I like the educational aspect of this and just knowing the history yeah. and knowing, you know, um, bands that, yeah, like, the feelies, what the heck? And then I love that album now, you yeah. know, or just, um, uh, and even people, we did Arthur Russell. Like I wasn't a huge fan of that record last week, but I, I like the fact that I know who he is now and what he sounds like and how that might've influenced other, other artists. No, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. What do you, are you a metal guy, Josh? Are you a metalhead? Uh, no, I wouldn't classify, my, classify myself as a metalhead, but I do think this is something that would be, kind of in my listening mix and you know mm. be enough to hear hear hearing it while lifting or something would be would be enough for me to yeah to like it and i and i do think i like kind of this faster punk rock metal music in general um, yeah. so also interesting about anthrax is they were kind of um uh, ap not appropriated but associated with skate skateboard culture um mm -hmm. and so they were kind of adopted i guess by that that as well even though they weren't necessarily skateboarders yeah. themselves 
So that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I like this album too. I, I don't like it as much as Metallica, probably for the same reasons you do, but I do. Um, I did like it. I did enjoy yeah. listening to it. Yeah. So, maybe, thumbs up maybe, maybe I need to start lifting weights more. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need could, to get in the weightlifting hurt. culture. Then, <laughs> yeah. No, well, hurt. I don't know if you want to be in weightlifting culture. I, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm in weightlifting <laughs> culture. But yeah, but, that's a whole other well, thing. Well, everything in moderation, I suppose, right, Josh? <laughs> right. Isn't that the key to life? Balance, right? Yes. Indeed. So, so yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. I'm glad this was. A, it was. I, I'm now from. I don't like. I said I don't think I knew any Anthrax songs um, really before, so I have a little bit more of an idea. And I I did. I, I noticed. I like the. I like the combination of what they're doing there. I like you know you throw that stuff in there. And yeah, I can like hardcore if it's done a little bit like this, perhaps you know, yep. or thrash. You know, a little bit more like. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, thumbs up from you. I guess. I guess I'd, I'll give it a slight thumbs up from me. That was a good. cool record. So nice. All right. right. Sisters of Mercy Floodland is next. Yeah. So Sisters of Mercy Floodland, it comes in at number 240 in the 1980s on Best Ever Albums, number 31 in 1987, and number 1,554 of all time. It is the Sisters of Mercy's highest rated album on Best Ever Albums. They don't have a whole lot. They only have a couple of records. Three, Um, I believe. Three. Yeah, they got... Yeah, and the other three are like compilations on this Mm. list. So... um, it's not on Rolling Stones list, and they, but they are ranked at number seven hundred two uh, on of all uh, of overall artist rankings on best ever albums, and um, yeah, so this is goth rock, right? Isn't that where this is, is falling under? Another um, thing that pinged pinged me to look at this was the first band we talked about in the eighties was Bauhaus, and they are considered <laughs> the progenitors of goth rock. So I was like, yeah. where, where's goth rock at in 87? Goth rock. Yeah. Yeah. Goth rock. It's also, it's also, I'm just pulled it up here on Wikipedia. It's also listed. These, these genres that you find oh, on geez. Wikipedia are fantastic. Dark wave. What so did, apparently there's wow. a, there's a genre called dark wave um, that emerged from the new wave and post-punk movement of the late seventies. Um, so yeah, actually, this is dark wave. <laughs> it's dark wave. It says the compositions are largely based on minor key tonality and introspective lyrics and have been perceived as dark, romantic and bleak with an undertone of sorrow. That's a pretty good description of this. Um, as Josh was mentioning earlier, the, the cover, which is just basically black with the, the, the one of the guy, the, the main guy's face in the shadow with sunglasses and a moon yeah. and then some other woman's half of her face in the background so um so yeah i didn't i don't think i had ever heard of this band before actually and i had not either yeah yeah, okay so we're totally new to this um so generally speaking i like this this is um this is kind of a combination of a number a number of things i was definitely getting some joy division in this this is definitely some Bauhaus. this is um some what is it uh, jesus and mary chain mm-hmm. a little bit of um maybe even a little bit of echo and the bunny men you know kind of you know even new or uh, not new order um uh uh the cure right yes, so the, this all this cure. melancholy kind of stuff but it's also and, and so there's the instrumentation is of it's a very big it's a very dramatic sound i would say um yes, theatrical okay. even yep um with some some it's sometimes what it seems to be 80s production with the drum like kind of echoey drums and there are some synths in here as well and sometimes they do dovetail into that very much like an that's an 80 sounding synth um yep. uh, for lack of a better way of describing it not all of it right i i don't know if you would come out and be like oh this is absolutely a quote-unquote an 80s sounding record but there are 
aspects of it that you know times where it does sound mm-hmm. um 80s um the uh the, the, the heavy bass there's some big you know some heavy bass lines and there's some repetition that's happening here which which i think depending on who you are could it could make you you could like that or not you know there's there's yep. a you know, nine seven minutes nine minutes six minute long songs and they don't I mean, I was just talking about liking Metallica because there's different movements in the songs. There's not, there's, it's really, <laughs> really one movement per song. You know, even a nine-minute-long song, it's just they, they, they get the guitar part, they get the drum part, the bass, and they ride it out to the end. You know, there's not, it's not really a chorus-verse, chorus kind of situation. It's just we're gonna hit a vibe and we're gonna let it, we're gonna let it run. We're just gonna keep going with it, which generally speaking with this record i was okay with um because i liked the ideas that they yeah. were throwing out there i think this corrosion is the the greatest offender of that if you will um but there's a cool oh, guitar yeah. that's there's... my favorite track that okay but there's yeah. okay oh that's interesting okay because i was like i was wondering what you were gonna think because it's it's long right and so oh we've, yeah we've, we've <laughs> it's talked <definitely> about long <laughs> we've talked about long songs on this podcast before and how that can be a good or bad thing um but that to me there was just a cool guitar part that was happening in the background and it's that's like a dance song too like that's what i was surprised at you know some of there's some stuff on here that's kind of danceable for you know and i guess goths like to dance as well um, i mean vampire it's vampire dance music that's what i <laughs> vampire dance music. <laughs> the whole album is pretty danceable uh for the most part i would yeah, say yeah and even when you get yeah, because it opens with Dominion, Mother mm-hmm. Russia. That's kind of an upbeat song. Um, you know, uh, the, was it is it um, Flood Two? Yeah, it, I would agree. If a lot of it, a lot of it is in a weird way. Like you mm-hmm. know, this is this reminds me of, like maybe the songs that would be playing some of those. You know, those movies where like they they kind of are in the dark alley and they're going somewhere and <laughs> yeah. somebody takes them to this like club. You got there's a password and you go down these you know yeah. down this hallway and all of a sudden it opens up into this huge like you know, arena of people dancing and wearing all like swinging from chandeliers and exactly, all this weird exactly. stuff, all these chains you know, and stuff. Exactly. And that, and, and they are listening to sisters of mercy. Right. I, that's, that's, that's the or scene sisters of mercy setting. would be performing live or something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> then you've got a song like 1959, which is like this piano ballad kind of yeah. thing, which I, I really liked. I thought that was actually kind of a pretty song in a, in a, in a dark kind of, cause it's also kind of eerie sounding as well. Yeah. Um, so uh and there's some kind of choral things happening as well like so they they'll bring in like some big like chorus um that's coming in with again almost like a yeah like a theatrical kind of dramatic uh you know sound that they're going for so um you know it also and this also kind of reminded me of bands that would come later that i really that i do like like a band like black rebel motorcycle club you know Mm -hmm. kind of another like which is wear black and wear sunglasses and play this like dark brooding type of music um that also is couched in melody right and so there you go so you're bringing that you're bringing the beats in there the melody um which i do like um it it did in these two days it it did blend in a little bit for me um and i think i would probably need more time to differentiate with some of the songs or pick out some of the other things that were happening but generally speaking i thought it was a pretty good listen and it and it's a nice i i, I think it's my album of the of the week yeah <laughs> of the two yeah. uh so um and 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 it's and it's nice to have you know i 
these these emergency bonus episodes as we call them when we realize like midway yeah. through the week that we're gonna have to do them it does it does present some um, opportunities for us to delve into something that we wouldn't have otherwise so i'm glad you picked this josh because uh, i'm gonna go thumbs up on sisters of mercy <laughs> nice. bloodless yeah yeah the it, it even reminds me of you know depeche mode somewhat in yes. terms yep. of that industrial sound this industrial the too that's nature yep. to, of it and um i th- i think the dance you know the the dance nature of this album really kind of elevated it for me and and made it this is a pretty accessible album you know yeah. goth rock can conjure up sort of like all these different images or or sounds and it's pretty it's a pretty easy listen overall mm-hmm. um it the lead singer sounds like David Bowie to me. I so. was gonna say, exactly. I forgot to say that you're absolutely yeah, right away. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is a Bowie album too. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, so that makes it too. You're right, though. It's it's very atmospheric. I think that's kind of a hallmark of of goth rock. It's it is introspective. It's kind of talking about like decay of society on some level, or or uh, I saw mention of like nu- a nuclear holocaust, like mm. after after that happening and. Uh, and um, they are, you know, the songs are long, but they're these big kind of grand statements in some way. It, and it, it sounds like, too, the album always sounds like it's almost like r- produced in a church or something because it's kind of got an echoey effect yep. and like this big, I don't know, just conjures up a big uh, church-like feel to, to it also. Yeah. Um, everything is kind of big. It's big drums like on Flood One and... and um, I guess the piano in 1959 is kind of a a, a different, uh, you know, zigzag. But but um, I really liked the, this corrosion, Dominion, Mother of Russia, kind of the big, like probably like their big singles if there were singles on this. Uh, there were singles. The, this corrosion, Dominion, and and Lucretia, my reflection, my reflection. Yeah. yeah, that's the other big one I liked yep. too. So I liked all the big kind of popular yeah. songs um some some facts about this band that are interesting so they are an english rock band from britain um this is their second studio album released november 16th 1987 and i don't know if you saw this but do you know where they got the sisters of mercy name from no from leonard cohen songs of leonard cohen sister oh. of mercy <laughs> so call back <laughs> to the, our 60s uh listen of that yeah, album. yeah that's a that's a callback. Yeah, he <laughs> Leonard Cohen was also known for the uh, the, the damper, so- somber, was, you know, yeah. melancholy songs. Yeah, and um, this a- album uh, is really uh, a solo endeavor by Andrew Eldritch. He was wow. the vocals and and basically put all of the instrumentation and and things together on a computer um, using using uh, what he called. Um, like synthesizers or not synthesizers, um, some you know some type of computer program essentially. Okay, um, you said it was Andrew Eldritch. Is that who? Yeah. Okay. Um, now Patricia Morrison's also on this. I think she is the face on in the background on the album cover. She was the bass guitar and backing vocals. Okay. But, um, <laughs> Andrew and- Eldritch has said she basically contributed little to nothing else, and um, <laughs> she is a she's just a pretty face, huh? <laughs> yeah. She's-, she's formerly formerly of the Gun Club, so that's another CTS oh, uh, reference okay. as well. And then 
most hilariously, uh, the drum machine gets credit, and they call the drum machine Dr. Avalanche. It has its own name, and it's <laughs> kept that name since their first album and through their subsequent albums. So, so they keep using Dr. Avalanche, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good name. Yep. So it's, you know, despite, like we said, having kind of this big fa- sound and epic feel, it's really all kind of artificially created Yeah. Um, in, a, in a lab almost. Um, and then I thought an interesting thing note was it's kind of a I guess their first album is more guitar based rock and um, this moves it towards a more uh, was quote an atmospheric Wagnerian rock and keyboard oriented uh, explorations so I I would agree with that Wagner um, and Ride of the Valkyrie and all that stuff definitely get those vibes from this yeah uh, oh, sequencers. Sorry, I did make that note. It's, it was put together using sequencers on a computer, which I don't know what sequencers are, but I imagine it's some sort of computer program. It's a computer thing. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you get into these terminologies and like, I know we try to like, oh, they use the Vox Box 983, <laughs> you know, whatever. And you're like, uh-huh, like that means something to most people. It's it, uh, computers is what it is. Yeah. It's a computer. <laughs> Once they start also like differentiating between synths, I get lost. Yeah. And like, I have no idea what they're talking about. But that's kind of what's fascinating about like, you know, because that's you know or like stevie wonder or anybody that uses like some sort of synth or keyboard is like a as a primary kind of yeah. i mean we kind of use that, that term as a as an umbrella term but it's there's so much you can do with it there's so many different sounds and 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 um you know effects that you can make with it that it's just you know to lay per, lay people like us it's it kind of it, it's why even bother trying to describe it? It's a right. synth, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, a computer. It's, I mean, we we certainly seen the explosion of synths in the eighties, and yeah, and you know, it's a bit reductive to say it's all one synth because that's definitely not yeah, true. Very true. Um, I thought there was a this was a hilarious um, review by uh, Mark Coleman of Rolling Stone on this album. He said it was a, a step down from their previous material, and he described it as quote Meatloaf joining the Cure for a remake of Lou Reed's Berlin. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> adding, adding that the album is hilarious, but always listenable at the very least. And he provided praise for the corrosion, calling it a bonafide toe-tapper of a single. So yeah. I would agree. But I thought that was a f- hilarious uh, mashup because there is some yeah. like meatloaf, uh, bad out of hell feeling on this album with the and cure. lou reed too that's a good yeah. you know yeah lou reed or even like iggy pop you know like too mm-hmm. like that i just you think of that 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 voice that very strong baritone kind of yeah yep. so yeah thumbs up for me we probably well we i, I know we won't visit this band again so i was glad I we got imagine. some exposure um no their second highest rated album was from 1985 Actually, that that rated pretty well on best ever albums. It was three hundred one in the eighties, twenty five in nineteen eighty five, um, but but yeah, it's I could see how some people would be like, it's a little. I mean, sometimes you with this type of music or this type of image, you're running the risk of being over over the top, or you know, uh, you know, it's it could be a little bit much, um, and so and maybe even ridiculous. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't care. Like, again, if the music is there, like it's, I, I, it's, it's fine to be ridiculous. You know, it's fine to, it's fine to have this big statement or this big, uh, you know, kind of image or aura or whatever, you know, like I definitely think there's a place for it. I, I, I mean, I don't quite think that this is as over the top as bad out of hell was. I mean, that was no. kind of, that was one of the more ridiculous albums that we covered, but it was still great at the same time, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, I, I do see what they mean there when they say that. Yeah, the mu- the music itself, I don't really feel like is over the top. Maybe if it was paired with, you know, depending on what's on a live show, what people are wearing or 
or you know stage act or whatever they're doing maybe then it would be over the top but i feel like this is pretty i don't know uh middle of the road is for as far as a little of goth rock that i know i think for this it might depend on how serious the artist takes themselves you know like if this is just like if, if you take yourself too seriously with this type of image and this type of sound, then it becomes a little bit more ridiculous. But, but if you can kind of just be like, hey, you know, more, a little bit more down to earth or whatever, and just uh, recognize that you're going for like a type of sound or you're going for a, ty- a certain type of uh, production or whatever, maybe that becomes less, um, I don't know, less ridiculous. But yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that this is overall fairly, fairly accessible. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think, I think, for some people, you might feel like some of the songs go too long or they could cut. And probably I could probably say that, too. Like, I don't I don't know if some of these songs need to go as long as they do. But I also don't mind it because I think that the notes that they're hitting and what they're, you know, the sound that they're going for is generally something that I enjoyed. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, oh. check check this one out for sure. Well, I, did you find out what happened to them, Josh? I mean, I guess it was just this guy. Like, so I don't know if there was much of a breakup or anything like that. Yeah, so... Uh, a couple of the original members left after the first album and then i think they this band really only lasted until the early 90s and then it seems like they have him or there was uh, some some trouble with with the label as well that i saw and there was like a protest against the label so he or the band didn't make any more music for them or something and now huh. i think they just kind of tour um, as an existing band without putting out any new. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if that, yeah, because I just see our, it looks like they were touring in 2019. Yeah. Um, but yeah, only a couple of couple of albums. So um, I don't know. Maybe they just like touring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it, keep it alive. I don't know what the extent, if they're still in like legal battles with things and that's why they're not doing anything new or, or whatever. But um there's a lot of former members, but Andrew Eldritch, I think, is the the only kind of consistent uh, uniting yeah. factor. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. That we, this is a couple of bands we've done like this where there's like one main person and then they have all these others. Who was the one that we did recently that was just like they had like 85 different members? Jeez. <laughs> oh, and he's the guy's like, yeah, this is like this might be the was it the uh, the fall? Maybe it, maybe it was the fall. That one. Oh, say. Maybe it yeah. was them that they just had like maybe. 80 something members but it was it's really just the brainchild of like one guy that just works with a variety of different artists but um yep yeah yeah so good 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 pick here josh Um, this was a nice this was a nice little find here thanks yeah it was almost like a palate cleanser in some weird way also yeah (laughs) yeah because we haven't done a ton of oh the other goth band i really liked that's a considered goth rock even though they didn't like it was Susie and the banshees that was Mm. that was an album that was a juju yep that was an album that i really liked as well but um yeah so there yeah. you go when you look up lists of goth rock bands i, I have never heard of any of them so yeah. <laughs> now, now at least i'll know sisters of mercy there you go right <laughs> add that add that feather to your cap yeah <laughs> so back to our back to our normally scheduled episode next week and uh do you want to remind everyone who we're listening to yeah i got it i got it right here well, I had it right there. There we go. Um, so yeah, we're we're what we were supposed to cover this week. We'll hopefully cover next week with the Smiths and the Queen is Dead. John will be covering that. I will be covering Ten Thousand Maniacs uh, with their album In My Tribe, and Josh will uh, also will cover Depeche Mode with Music for the Masses. 
It might be a three-hour episode, everyone. So it might be. John warned us that it was going to be <laughs> yeah. a long one. He's got a lot of takes. Yeah. So um, I might have a lot of bio. I haven't started writing yet. <laughs> I I could say this. I do not have much of a bio. That the Ten Thousand Maniacs does not have a have a, oh, have a, okay, a large good. bio. And the documentary that I tried to. I guess there is a documentary, but it's one of those ones that is just not available anywhere. Yeah. So unless I want to spend like sixty dollars to get some sort of bootleg DVD of it, which. I'm sorry, I don't Probably want to do not. that. So, yeah, <laughs> not, so, not necessary. Yeah, we can't write it off. So, so gonna... I'm going to go with a bare bones, uh, you know, bare bones um, uh, cover coverage of that of that uh, bio. So maybe you guys, John, you guys can go longer with your bios. Yeah, and is it true? Uh, best the, the Smiths Queen is Dead is the best album of the '80s, according to Best Ever Album. That's yeah, I think that's where it's at right now. Um, it used to be Doolittle. Let's let me double check. Uh, the Queen is Dead. But um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the number one. So, uh, so the best album the, of the '80s. Yeah, listen to the album so you can hear the best album of the '80s according to best ever albums. Yep. Will it be my best ever album? Probably Ooh, not. I don't know. But I'll probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But hear more of my in-depth take next week. <laughs> well, we we're we're still a ways away from our. We have to do our. We have to do our our top albums. Are we going to do top? T- I think we should do more than top 10 this time around because we're kind of marriaging the, the cold listens and the regular episodes. Maybe we should do a top 25. Well, I've been keeping separate lists. Oh, you have? For the I have the main feed and for the, for the uh, cold listens. But maybe I, I have no problem combining them. If we I think want we, I, I vote on fast. combining them. <laughs> okay. But I know, we'll yeah. S- we'll see what the the other host thinks about that. I'm sure, I'm sure John opinions. has an opinion about yeah. that. So, so uh, that's it this week, everyone. Thanks for listening and back to normal next week. And everyone, have a good evening. Combing the Stacks can be found on 13 different platforms. Viewer feedback can be sent to combingthestacks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at combingthe and on YouTube by searching for Combing the Stacks and throwing us a follow.